I get obsessed with that I need to know. And that obsession comes from probability. If I know that I know the probable outcome, and if I know the probable outcome, I feel safe. Welcome to the Have It All podcast. I'm Elon Ferdman, and along with my brother Guy, we're Satori Prime. We've spent the last 16 years on a quest of mastery, and not just in business, all areas. Mastery of our finances, our bodies, our relationships, and most importantly, our minds. You see, while most people fantasize about their dream life, we went out and created it. And you bet we learned a few things along the way. So if you want to gain new skills and tools that will help you achieve the life of your dreams, well, you've come to the right place. So get ready to have your mind expanded. Implement what you learn here today, and you'll start living the life of your dreams instead of just, well, dreaming about it. So are you ready to have it all? Let's go. So I think uh, I would love to just tackle a topic today of like, what do you, uh, I'll ask you and then I'll chime in. I think if, if this is the right you want to go today, yeah. what's the, uh, so when shit's going awry these days, right? Like you start noticing a pattern and you're like, oh, there's all this funky stuff happening around me. You know, it's really super easy and it's alluring even to get sucked into the world of doing, okay, what do I need to do to fix this? You know, so it's very alluring, obviously, to get upset. It's very alluring to create stress. It's very alluring to get worried. Alluring, but not great. <laughs> alluring is the word that I would use, but yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, obviously, it's alluring also to be stress-free and to feel love. and That would be more of a... Participate, right, right. So, and yet, people do stress and worry and all that other stuff. So it must be alluring or they wouldn't be doing it. Um, so I guess, like, I, I think it would be useful for everybody who's listening, right? Like, none of us have it perfect. Even when we're kind of, like, in these in these beautiful flow states, like, eventually something is coming to, like, knock you off your pedestal. And I think it would be great to just kind of uh, investigate and even unpack, like, what does it look like when stuff like that happens in your life today? How do you operate today differently than maybe even operate six months ago or a year? And, you know, what are you looking at? that's putting you back into a state of balance uh, and having you live in a joyful state that, you know, maybe just, you know, again, like six to 12 months ago, that just wasn't, wasn't the case for you. You're asking me. Yeah. Yeah. So I kind of know where the question's coming from. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I know you do. Right. Because even I'm like, I'm, I'm looking at what's happening for me right now and how I've been unpacking it. And I, I, I'm like proud of myself. And B, I, you know, what we, what we kind of talked about a little bit with Audrey this morning, I think that, that I'm getting clued into something that I've been like looking at in my life. And it's funny, right? Mm, interesting, right? Like I'm, I'm training myself as this conversation is coming out. It's interesting because I, I have been, I, I got a clue as to what my next level of like ascension would be. And then of course, it's not like, here's your ascension process. It's like, here are all the circumstances that would upset you that are now not upsetting you that are having me look at, Oh wow, I'm starting to learn the very thing that I asked for. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of what's happening right now. So it's like, of course, like it, you know, it's provided, it's just not provided the way that we think that we want it to be. It's interesting because I'm going to take this from two different approaches. The first is, uh, I think material things, which you're going to talk about, I think really piss mm-hmm. people off. So I'm going to share a little bit of the story of what happened there. And then the other thing is, um, which you haven't yet experienced, is children. 
and children have a, a, a fascinating way of of consistently doing that because just when you think you've you've up leveled, they've up leveled. You're like, what mm. play this this constant game? So it's it's a little bit of both. Um, so to answer your question, you know what happens when let's call it life tries to derail you um, or send something your way that that just has that automatic trigger. Fun, funny enough, I don't think life is trying to derail you. It's trying to rail you. Exactly. Yes. You're, you're, you're derailing. Yeah, you're derailing. Yeah. Or maybe it's just trying to put you on a different track. It's, it's always getting you on track. It's just whether you're seeing the opportunity or whether you're dealing with the challenge. Yeah, exactly. So, um, you know, for those of you guys that, that know us, you know that uh, the Ferdman men are obsessed with cars especially with our own. And uh, I was leaving Shia's jujitsu class on Saturday from the parking lot. And I had to pull out. I was the last spot. So to the right of me was one of these like uh, curbs, basically. Mm -hmm. As I was pulling out, I broke the steering wheel too early this way. And I just hear like, Uh. and I'm just like, oh, fuck me. (laughs) <laughs> and they're black wheels. So in my head, I'm already starting to envision just this massive silver scrape along the side. So I'm driving down the road and it's just playing. And what plays is the same thing that always plays in my mind when something like that happens. And it goes, you fucking idiot. Fucking idiot. <laughs> I was going to say these three <laughs> yeah. words, you fucking idiot. I was like, I was going to actually say like, I bet guy knows exactly what words those are. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just nagging in there and there. And I had this moment, like literally this moment where I'm sitting and it was probably like 30 seconds into my drive and I'm sitting there and I go, what am I really upset about? Mm. It's a wheel. It's a wheel on a car. And if I have to fix it, I have the means to fix it. So what am I upset about? Okay. It's not that. Okay. Do you make, do people make mistakes? Yes. We make mistakes all the time. And I had that thought, like, I'm telling you, that thought from Billions is just, I don't know why. It just really latched on. It's nothing new. It's just, he said it in this way, which just really, which is, if it's meant to happen, it will happen. Whatever is meant to happen will happen. And so it just came like, almost like a mantra. And I just saw it and heard it. And I go, well, that's exactly what was meant to happen. And I don't need to know why right now. And I don't need to know how. I didn't even see what, what happened in the car, honestly. I was just inside. I didn't stop to look. So mm-hmm. I was driving and shy a sense that I was getting upset. Why did you get upset? Because I think I just ruined my tire, this and that. I come home. First thing I do, I get out of the car, go around. And I swear to God, not a mark. Hmm. Nothing. Like, not on the bumper, not on the wheel, not hmm. on the tire, nothing. Hmm. And part of me sat there and I'm going, I felt it. It was like the steering wheel jolted, you know? And part, I don't know, maybe I just made this up. Part of me is like, did I just give it up? And it like, it just, it didn't happen because I just didn't buy that it happened. Maybe. I just like let it go and it was just gone. Mm-hmm. And it was just this amazing freeing feeling. Like when I went around to look at the car, by that time, it was just a matter of fact, like, oh, let me see. It wasn't no more engagement or just upset or anything like that. So 
That was really incredible. Um, and I know for some of you guys, you might think about that, go, oh, that sounds so stupid or petty or whatever. But but put whatever your thing is that it's important that you would get really sure. upset about and put it in there. And then with kids, we had a barbecue and we had – how many kids did we have here? We had six – we had nine kids here yesterday on Sunday. And we're barbecuing, so it was four, four couple. I mean, three couples, nine kids, and I just noticed how different Fanny and I are with mm-hmm. our kids than other parents are with their kids. So, with a caveat, granted, it's our house, right? So my kids know my house, they know my backyard, things like that. So it's like home, home turf. And the other thing is Shia is the oldest by about a year. And then there were a few other kids there and they were like that four year range, three, four year range. And they all went to the back and Fanny and I are like, all right, guys, have fun. And then the other parents are like, we got to go back there. We got to this. We got to that. Like, we have to stay there. We have to watch them. We have to. And I was just like, do we? Like, (laughs) Uh, and what I realized was that for me, it's really a fine line between each soul, my kids being souls, have, have chosen a certain path. That path includes certain experiences that they've chosen, whether that's to fall off of something or break something or hit something or hurt something or have their heart broken or whatever it is, right? Mm. I don't think anymore that I can control that. So my focus now is, and this literally just happened outside. So I'm uh, telling you a, a story. Aaliyah ran out of the car and she fell and she scraped her elbow. And up until the time that the shirt moved and she saw that she scraped her elbow, she was fine. Then she saw and she freaked out. Sure. Sure. And then she started crying and yelling and all this stuff. And I, went upstairs and she was crying. And I asked, I was like, she's, I don't have a thing. Like if they cry, if they yell, I, I try to even remove myself from that. That's, and what all I ask is, is this, is crying? That was my question. Aaliyah, does crying, is it helping you right now? Like, does it make you feel better right now? And she's like, through her tears and <laughs> I go, well, yep. can I, can I offer you something that will really help you? And I, I took my kids to learn transcendental meditation. Mm. And I said, they call it word of wisdom. So I said, you know, what would really help is breathing and walk around for two minutes and do your word of wisdom. Mm. And so she did it and she totally calmed down. So the reason I'm sharing this story with you, I've become over the last few months, much more focused on giving my children tools, just like we have tools and we teach you guys tools to go through these moments, whatever you decipher as these moments, with power and grace and love and gratitude so that you get to feel how you choose to feel regardless of the circumstance. Mm -hmm. Anyone can feel awesome when life is humming. Anyone. The most unenlightened, unspiritual person can do that. It's what happens when life throws you that curveball, then do you still get to show up the same way? Do you still get to be loved? Do you still get to be gratitude? Do you still get to be fulfilled with all of that there? And for me now, 
that's my focus is how can I explain to a four-year-old and a five-year-old that distinction or a tool, which has been amazing for me because explaining mm-hmm. it to an adult, right? There's certain language we can use. There's certain experience. we can, Try to explain that to like a four or six-year-old or four or five-year-old. The, the level to which you have to understand something to break it down to its most simplest, simplest form that's just a whole other level of mastery. And I've been really, really enjoying that practice more and more. Honestly, since I came back from Columbia, uh, I was like, fuck that. I'm not waiting till they're this age. Like I'm going to start doing this stuff now, whatever they get, they get. And look, if you wait to buy time, they're eight years old. You've missed the opportunity where the brain is just a giant sponge of receiving. They don't need to. And and here's the thing. Like, you now know that you don't need to understand anything anyway. Mm-hmm. If some experiences inside your ethos, like eventually it will find its way into language and blah, blah, blah. Yep. Like no more than me and you know why we get upset at certain things because some way that mom and dad were that we picked up subconsciously while we were little kids. Are your kids going to know when they're 10, 12 years old why they're super peaceful while, while other kids are freaking the fuck out because mom and dad taught them something when they were four years old or like they, you know, they saw something when they were four years old. Yep. So why not put the good stuff in? Exactly. I, I've been wondering. I've actually been wondering about you because um, I've been listening to conversations with God, mm. and He talks a lot about childhood development and like you know images of violence and guns and all that stuff. And I know Shia is like Transformers and you know like typical like ninja blah blah blah. And to an extent, even like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, it's like violence and stuff like that. And if we have which seems to be a lot of evidence to provide that the human psyche is massively affected by seeing violence at a young age. Like, yeah. are, have you shifted anything about that? You know, they don't really watch TV anymore. Mm. They watch movies and those movies they watch with us. But what about like toy guns and stuff like that? He doesn't really play with guns. Mm. Don't have so guns words? They've never, they've never really been, uh, I've never really seen the two of them be violent with each other. I mean, I've seen them, you know, like, he, each other been violently. He, he, listen, he's doing jujitsu, right? So there's an aspect of wrestling and grappling and things like that. Um, he watches football, so he's really into football. But other than that, yeah, I mean, they really don't watch that stuff anymore. So mm. movies we can we watch with them, and it's usually the Pixar or Disney movies or things like that, although I did show them Avatar. Um, mm mostly because we're going to go to Disney World and I want to take them to uh, Pandora. So I just wanted them to be excited about it. Um, Some context, yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I was sharing this with you earlier and, and the call with Audrey about uh, 13 Reasons Why, that show. Yeah. I, I think given the right... Where, where is that show? Where is that show, by the way? It's on Netflix. Okay. Yeah. I Again, I... Can't say my, the first four episodes that I've watched, I've absolutely loved, and I have no idea where it's where it's going to end up. I've I've heard really good things, beautifully written, like beautifully written. I think, given a context for certain things, everything can be used as a learning and growing experience. I mean, would I sit a kid in front of that thing and be like, "Here, watch this"? No, I wouldn't. Would I? explain to someone. And it was the same thing with Avatar. Before we sat them down for Avatar, I was like, look, here's what you're going to see. Here's what we get to do. So anytime that you don't understand something, you ask to pause and we're going to have a conversation. You ask a question, this and that. So we paused it like six to 10 times throughout the movie where they were like, why is this happening? Or why is this happening? Because what I wanted them to get, I I didn't want them just to see the movie. I wanted them to get the undertone. Like, (laughs) 
this is what people do to species that they believe are worse than them. How does this play out in real life? How is this happening on our world? Like I wanted them to get that. So we had awesome conversations and, you know, shy has always been like a little bit afraid of certain things, um, like certain movies and stuff yep. where you're like, why are you afraid? I mean, he watched avatar with all that stuff that was happening. And because we created that context, he wasn't afraid at all. In fact, yeah. I believe that that movie broke his fear around other movies. Cause now in his head, he's like, I wasn't afraid of an adult movie. So there's no way that I can be afraid of like the Disney and Pixar movies. Sure. Which was incredible. So we kind of took this in a different conversation, uh, but that's no, fine. I think it's all, it's all relevant. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's, that's basically how I would, uh, so, so that's, so that's all the, the bigger picture stuff. So I want you to go into like the, the vibrational undertone or even conscious languaging, however you feel. So I think it's, you know, you said something and I don't even know if you picked up on it. It's like, if you can explain this to a four or six year old, you know, you've mastered that. However, you are a four to six year old <laughs> and, and we don't talk to ourselves that way. We talk to ourselves in complicated explanations and understandings and we tie all these fucking things to it and. We, you know, we really overcomplicate if there's anything that's gotten super clear to me over the last few months is the, the limiting power of understanding and how unimportant that is in the, my process of growth and learning about myself. Like, yeah, it's, it's so funny. Like <laughs> somebody might be sitting here going, how is understanding not associated with learning? And I've never been more clear about how not relevant that is. And, and I, I'll, again, to contextualize yeah, this, I'll say... The, with, give them the bicycle idea so they kind of understand the, the distinction. Yeah, yeah, I'll say that in a second, but I'll just say this first. Like, in the context of my quality of life, understanding is not important. Yes. For me to, like, for me to get from here to the Apple store that's two miles away, I need to understand how to get there. <laughs> yeah, like, I need to know that I need to make right turns, left turns, right? There, there's usage for both, uh, specifically in this area. So just to give that analogy, Elam pointed out is, you know, if you've never been on a bicycle, the goal of getting on a bicycle is to ride it, obviously. But in order to ride it, you need balance. So I could sit with you if you're a person that's never ridden on a bicycle before, and we can discuss everything there is to know about a bicycle. So you can understand it, like the physics, you can understand the structure, you can understand the wind moving through your hair and like how to turn the handlebars and pedal the wheels and all this kind of stuff. And regardless of how much information and understanding you have about this, this machine, if I put you on it, that understanding doesn't give you access to balance. You still got to get on the bike. You still got to ride it. And then you get that moment where it clicks in. And I want you just to look that that moment didn't occur in the mind as an understanding, but as a sensation in the body that requires no language on your part. It goes from, I don't have balance, to I do have balance. And there's no understanding. There's no gap of understanding there. And if I asked you, how did you understand that? There's really no way to articulate that. Again, you can now tell me about the structure and the physics and all that other stuff, and that'll be in the world of understanding, but it has nothing to do with the balance that you just gained, which increased your quality of life. So, or in, in certain aspects, right? So now when we talk about spiritual and growth practices, that's the kind of stuff that we're always looking for. It's like these different degrees and varying degrees of balance, you know, that just keep going down through all these structures. And, and it's not living in the world of understanding. In fact, like I truly believe that understanding and knowing actually takes the juice out of life. Yeah. Yeah. You know, most, most people who know a lot of shit are not necessarily happy or have an increased quality of life because of what they understand. They sound really great at dinner parties and they sound super knowledgeable. And, and they're like, you ask them about the, 
joy or quality in their life or you know, that they're struggling with everything. And it's like, great. So you know a lot of shit, but that's in, kind of where In fact, I will take it one step further. And this is not to make anybody that's listening wrong. Yeah. I just want to point out to people who are very logic brained. You're the people that are super detail oriented, ask a million questions, need to understand. Us, inclu- us included, by the way. Yeah, need to understand how everything yeah. works. You know, like the engineers and the accountants and like those those kind of minds of the world. Scientists. Yeah. Scientists, exactly. Um, I'm sure, Guy, you'd agree with this. Like what we've seen is that those people struggle the most, at least in the beginning, with this kind of work. Yeah. Work that in order to see the result, you just need to take the steps. Whereas the minds that go, well, I need to understand how this gets to there. And I need to know that ABC plus D formula to get there. They get stuck a lot of the times at the starting gate and they resist a lot of the time this kind of work. Having said all that, the biggest breakthroughs I've ever seen in my life of human beings are those same individuals. Mm -hmm. Because for them to break that kind of programming and buy, like Neil Donald Walsh was a scientist. Mm-hmm. He was I, I, think a what's be- I think what's beautiful about quantum, <laughs> I think what's beautiful about qu- what I'll call quantum learning, I don't know if that's accurate, but I'll call it quantum learning, uh, meaning like a quantum leap from one, really like one state of experience to a completely altered state of being is that it awes the mind. It puts the mind into like a, holy fuck, I really don't know and it's like, and, it, and it, once you've had that experience, it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Because it's, it's like, it could be something that you're so sure of or even mundane or relationship or whatever it might be. And then it, it, be, it so drastically shifts inside your experience that you're like, fuck, what else don't I know? Exactly. And that, and that, and that starts a whole world of growth that's available. Yeah. yeah. And so it's just something that you have to understand is your greatest strength is just as equally your greatest weakness. And so that logic brain that's created amazing results in your life. You don't take anything away from that. You could just look at it and go, okay, great. It's created all of this. And there's this whole other side of it that you have not explored. And I think that's what uh, the last, I think, I think since it's probably been going on for a year, but really I'd say from the beginning of the year and even faster coming like February and March, um, tapping into that new guidance system for us and really focusing on feeling versus thinking the how to versus the being all that stuff that we've known for decades. Again, knowledge is knowledge. Experience is a whole other thing. And that's where I think we're just finding the nuances now in that world. Mm. And it's becoming really, really fun and really interesting. Like, you know, I'm sure with, with what the story that you're going to share with the computer and the phone and all that stuff. And like, even for me with the car, as small as that was like, that was a wow moment for me. I was like, wow, I just, that didn't, that, that caused like the most minute reaction. I caught it instantly. I was like, I choose not to, to experience life this way. Here's how I'm choosing to experience life. And lo and behold, I walk out and like, no joke, like nothing is, nothing happened to the car. It's just like, yeah. whoa. That's like the one of those would it help moments. Yeah, like exactly. Like having stress, would it help? Would it help. Yeah. And, and I think that's, that's kind of, you know, I can tell my story, but it's like, it's kind of what I've, I've, I've uh, I don't want to say concluded, but I've, I've at least come to so far 
is like how dysfunctional it is. Now, now here's the, the funny part is there's an extreme, there's an extreme to that because it's like, okay, I do concern myself with things. I do want to find solutions. So I'm going to do this whole stuff that fixes solutions and I'm going to do it with stress. Then there's a like, I'm not going to allow anything to stress me. Like I'm no longer concerned with that. And here's here's what I found. So I'll tell the story and just keep that last little bit in mind because it's like now now finding the balance point between the two. And 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 it's not a concern. It's just like, okay, there's 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 a way to because that's a little bit of extreme to it. I'll explain why in just a minute. So like we came back from Colombia, a few things that happened to me that like I had these like wow moments is I also so and the reason we talk about cars is Elon and I are like we love cars and we're massively attached to them. You know, uh-huh. as you would do with like, and as I'm sure most people are, but we have like nice cars. So I'm like in this um, supermarket near my house and someone just backed up into my car when I was in there, lifted this like giant dent on my bumper. And some guys like, and, and some guy was walking into his car right next to mine and was like, yo, dude, that sucks so bad. And I was like, yeah, yeah. Like I, like he was more upset than I was and it was my car. And I'm like, I'll handle it. You know, like I'll handle it, whatever it is. And then like someone stepped on my laptop on an airplane and that broke. I fixed that laptop and then I sold that laptop. And then right as I'm shipping the laptop, the same screen broke again. Uh, last week, my phone got shattered like a day and a half before I left for this month long trip. So like now it's broken here. I'm just looking at this broken screen here. I took out my laptop on the airplane. I was super excited. I sat in, in seat number 1A, <laughs> like on the airplane at all the leg room in the world. And I took out my laptop and I was just exhausted the whole trip. So I like slept a little bit and like read and whatever. And the whole time I'm looking at my laptop going, I'm not even using it. But my my overhead bin is like some older airplane and it was like so small. I just had like a slider. Like my bag wasn't here. It was across the way. So I didn't want to like fuck with that guy's chi over there. So I didn't <laughs> take my bag out to like put it back in because I have the nomadic and it's pretty big, right? So I didn't take that out. And, and I must have made a mental note for myself. Like, like guy, you're in seat 1A. Like you're going to be the first one off the plane make sure you don't forget because I knew I wouldn't have a lot of time to like get my shit together. So I must have said that to myself like three times. Now my laptop has this decal on it that's super colorful. Like it's easy to see. It's not gray. <laughs> like, there's a lot of contrast there. And yet I walk off this airplane without my laptop. Now I'm on a trip for a month. Like <laughs> you know, It's like a pretty big problem when you want to work and, and you want to do like digital things. So I'm like, okay, number one, I'm like, it'll come back to me. And I didn't, re- and I didn't notice until I got to where I was going. So like even when I put down my bag, I was like my first thought was I went to get my laptop and do a little bit of work, and then I'm like, did I take it? I'm like, nah, there's no way I didn't take it. Like it was that outside of my experience. And then I put my bag and I'm like, didn't take it. <laughs> like, that didn't happen. So, um, so I like I put in the report, whatever, whatever, and I'm just now waiting to see if they find it. The funny part is some guy called me this morning. He's like, he's like, hey, does your laptop look like this? I'm like, no. He's like. Yeah, he goes. I didn't think so. Has uh, when I opened it, it's all Japanese writing, and it wasn't, and it wasn't from the date of your flight. And I'm like, why did you call me? <laughs> like, you called me, you called me to tease me to tell me that you don't have my laptop. Like it was, it was this funny thing. Anyway, uh, it is what it is. So my point is, um, I I started doing uh, network. Is that chiropractic? Like, I don't, I don't even like calling it chiropractic. So I think they do call it network chiropractic. He does a lot of other stuff too. But ultimately, like network chiropractic, at least from, from the mundane way that I can explain this, is it's like a reprogramming of your nervous system. So there's all this like stuff firing in there, obviously, right? So my phone had broken that day. And I was like, and a lot of like things happened like that recently. And that's unusual for me. Although this, I do have cycles of this where like stuff just like breaks, I guess. 
or something like this, like that energy. I know that energy. And I'm sitting there and I kind of told the story. And as I leave there, like I had some insights and I realized for me that there is, so there's this like frequency that you and I have aligned ourselves to that's like very much in the world of being and it's about creating alignment and really only doing and like really only taking action when it feels good and all these kind of things in our life is like, I don't even know what's been happening the last few months, but it's I, nothing close to magic. Go ahead. Step further. What I'm yeah. becoming much more present to, and this is where I'm like hyper-focused about doing this, is screw us. No, well, don't screw us. Us is one thing. Look at the lives of the people yeah. around us. Yeah, no doubt. Look at that in the last 30 to 60 days. That just from, from parents to friends... Um, I offered to do, by the way, a transcendental meditation like workshop with our friends. Yeah. I have 20 people showing up to this workshop. Wow. 20. Hello. I was like, it, it, you know, our clients, like in our Ascension program, the things that they're sharing with us, you know, Kevin Humphrey, Audrey, David, Pat, like Tori, it just, it, that to me mm-hmm. is, way more of a, you know, when people are looking like, well, what's the result? I'm like, dude, the people around me are living exceptionally amazing lives. Yeah. Full force, full throttle. Come on now. Come on now. Yeah. So here's what I was looking at is when, and that's why I said with Audrey, I'm like, okay, if I ask somebody what's wrong, they're going to do their knee-jerk reaction. That's like the baseline programming. Most people don't even have any consideration beyond that. I don't have time, I don't have money, I'm angry, blah, blah, blah. Like, that's it, right? And then they give you the reason and they think that's the reason. As a coach, I know if I investigate that for a minute, we're going to find layer, and we're going to find another layer, we're going to find another layer. And it's like, eventually we'll get to like the core programming, which is not the issue. And that's what's at play is like this old program that's running. So in the world of energy, in the world of frequency and alignment, this vibration, there's clearly also all sorts of subtlety and layers. Like when you do Vipassana, yeah. you know, it's like, it's the same thing. It's like the subtler and subtler, subtler, subtler feelings within the body that you know, start noticing the nuances, you know, eventually down to like the cellular and DNA levels and all the subatomic levels, et cetera, et cetera. And that's what I believe avatars with the past have been able to do is like feel those sensations at the super subtle levels. So, uh, you know, with the vibrational field too, it's like, well, what feels good to me now? That initial is just the, the baseline, right? And the same thing with what doesn't feel good to me now is just the baseline. So I think the, con- the it's not a concern again. It's what has, what's come up for me is because of all like the, the landmark training, which is powerful and the conscious languaging, it's like when you're aware of stories, something's happening, you're like, I'm creating a story right now. Like I'm backing my car up into a wall. I'm creating a story right now, right? Mm. And then there's like the sensation of like, I'm overcoming this. And if we're saying that your self-worth is tied to your emotional state in order to increase self-worth, you must feel everything fully. There could be an aspect of that where you are uh, hindering yourself from fully allowing yourself to have a full-on emotional experience about that. Okay, because it's like, oh, it's a story. I'm not going to really process that. We're just going to let that go. Point something out to you that I just realized, and as you were saying, sure. Think about the energy behind overcoming. Yeah, right. Like when you say I'm overcoming something, there's two things that I hear inherently in that. One, where you are right now 
is bad. I yep. don't want to be here. And yep. two, I have to work real like I envision like overcoming, like fucking climbing one of those like yeah. walls in the army where instead of it's overcoming, that's the resistance. Like no good. I'm going to have to like put up a fight right now. So totally. I'm just curious what would be another way that we can even. Well, let's, let's, let's think on that. And that's, I think that's a really great thing to bring up because like for Jews, it's like never forget yes. for the black community. It's uh, we will overcome. Yeah. And they're both, and they're both forms of resistance. Right. And like, totally not working, clearly, clearly not working great. Not right. Working. Not working. So it's like, uh, I think what we look at is where it, maybe it's like, where's my alignment right now mm. or something like that. Just to play with it, just like a first shot at it. Um, yeah. Sure keep we going. We'll, we'll play that. with yeah. it. But- so, so my, 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 my look at it is physical objects have been breaking and losing around me. And I think to myself, well, that's in my alignment. That's in my field of experience that this stuff keeps happening for the last few days. And what I got was, is I've been feeling, uh, even at a lower level, frustration, anger, and sadness because of, of different circumstances in my life that have maybe gone unexpressed because I do, oh, it's a story, don't create a story. And what's happening is because it's not being expressed, it's expressing itself around me. Does that make sense? Yeah. Say one so more time. I got so, it because you explained it. Yeah. Before. Yeah. So it's like um, because I'm, I haven't allowed myself to fully emotionally express that thing in my physical reality, it's showing up as an expression. So it's expressing itself because I'm not expressing it. So there's a form of like I've created a misalignment within myself. And then it's like, yeah, there's going to be breakage because like, I, like my internals is like, it would be great to go into a padded room right now, grab some shit, like give me a baseball bat. I'll, you know, bounce around for a little bit. Like for me, I, I feel like I require like big releases of frustration and anger, but I want to do it in, and not, not at people just because I need that energy to move. And we did that a lot of that in Columbia. I've done that with like Barry and other times in my life. And I have to look at it and be like, man, either like a, either a lot of stuff came up for me after that, or I felt really healthy right after release. So that way, like I, if you guys, if just you guys know, like my my chart, if you like know astrology or anything, I'm like fire top to bottom. I'm like basically like a little bit of earth and just like a shit ton of fire. So everyone's always like, you're intense. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, that's that's it's written. It is written, right? Like, so, <laughs> so happened. I'm like, I'm like, I'm hot everywhere I go. I sweat easier than everybody else. I can drink water forever. Like, you know, just like I just burn through stuff. That's how my bi- biology seems to be. So, um, my point is, is that like it, the frustration and it started expressing itself elsewhere. Like, I wanted to break things, so things started breaking. Interesting, right? Again, I could add meaning to that. I can add meaning to that. It doesn't matter. It's just like something to like notice. It's like, okay, so next time I'm, I'm feeling like low-level frustration, how do I fully express that thing? Or am I just like, that's not good enough to be expressed because that's silly to be expressed. And, and maybe it's like some of that. So like I, I sat in a really long meditation yesterday and I just like went into, I did like my body scan and I was just looking. I'm like, does anything in my body feel out of alignment? Mm. Does any part of my emotional state feel out of alignment? And I got into my heart. My heart was like heavy, like mm. sad and like heavy. And I was like, oh, dude, I'm like, buddy, like clearly I could feel that the light wasn't coming through down. Like it was blocking here. And it was a little bit in my, um, what's this called? Not sacral, um, whatever, whatever that's called right now. It's not coming to me. And it's interesting because that is interesting as like a chakra alignment. You can go through chakras and be like, which one of these doesn't feel balanced right now? And then I imagine that that's aligned with some kind of emotional 
an expression that's happened. And if shit's like fucking breaking all around you or you're starting to have experiences like out of the norm, quote unquote, for you, something to take a look at and notice. It's like, okay, well, what am I feeling? Is that really what I'm feeling? And just like start going down the frequencies of it and going really deep into the experience because it might not be a big thing. Like I'm not frustrated, right? Like I'm, do I look frustrated? Like all that stuff happened. Everyone's like, how are you? How do you have nothing about this? I'm like, it'll get handled. It gets handled, right? Like I can go get a computer. It'll eventually find its way back to me. There's all sorts of solutions when I look. So that's kind of what I've been playing with. And, and it's just noticing like finding a balance of not just languaging myself away from my, my ability to fully feel my human experience, which can be a danger. And, and you know that in the past, I always tell that story ILP when they put me on stage and put the leather boot up my ass was that the concern I had when I ran up there and became Tasmanian devil was that I wasn't feeling anything. I remember, I remember saying that it was like six or seven years into the work and we were at ILP and a woman shared something and I knew that it was sad and I felt nothing. I was like, Oh, it's a story. Like that's what my, my programming did. I'm like story. And, and I was like, Whoa, dude, like, you feel nothing. And then I remember the next thought was, wow, when's the last time I felt love? Mm. And I remember seeing mom's face and like getting a hug from her and thinking to myself, I don't actually receive love from mom. Like, I know she loves me. Logically, I understand that. I'm like, but when's the last experience I had of being loved by mom? And I couldn't find one. Mm. And I remember that scared me to death. Like, cause I was like, wow, have I become that cold? I was like, am I a robot now? And I'm like, what have I done? And I went up there and started freaking the fuck out. And, and saying what I said with zero eloquence because I was like, how do I get this back? How do I get this back? Because it was the first time I wanted my emotions back. Yeah. Up until then, my emotions were not safe to me. So well, I didn't want your, them. Your emotions led you at that point, the relationship to emotions had led you down a very... Yeah, like suicide and depression and stuff like that. So for me, it was like anger. We can't do that. And what I learned at that time was if you want one, you got to have them all. It's not like you either get none or you get them all. So just, anyway, so all in there. So it's kind of what I'm exploring right now. So a um, couple of things that, that came up for me. One was I just want to talk a little bit about a, a line that people tend to say a lot. And I, and I want to say it because I really don't want you guys to hear what this conversation is as thinking positively. Mm-hmm. You know, th- there's that line that everyone says all the time. You even said it, it is what it is. And sometimes that line can get people into a lot of trouble. You know, people will say like, it is what it is, or it's okay, or whatever it is. And really, really what's happening is they're just bottling shit up and bottling shit up and bottling shit up and bottling shit up. And you might be one of these people, or you definitely know one of these people where at some point it busts open and (laughs) fucking volcano. And it's so vicious that you almost don't even know where this stuff came from because this stuff has to go somewhere. And I'm not a medical doctor. I'm not saying this with like hundred percent certainty. I'm just telling you that in my world, doing that kind of stuff, holding that kind of stuff and not communicating or being self-expressed about stuff is cancerous. You're literally keeping negative energy in your body. So when I say something, which you guys might hear the same way, and that's why I really want to make a, a very clear distinction about this. When I say whatever is meant to happen will happen, I don't say that stuff. And then on the same breath, 
like swallow this pill of just I'm enraged right now, but if this is what's supposed to happen, this is what's happening. And I'm just kind of like, you know, no, I truly mean, and I think meditation has, has taught me this more than any book or any life experience. And that is in meditation and, and even more so in transcendental meditation, even the repetition of the mantra, there is no attachment or holding on to the mantra. There's no way that the mantra needs to sound. There's no way or rhythm that you need to repeat. There's no, in fact, all of that stuff you have to let go. And so in letting go of everything and just being in that moment and realizing that as thoughts come, you're not trying to push them away or move them away or be like, you know, come back later or we'll do nothing. You just, there's a thought. There's the mantra. There's the thought. There's the, and it just happens effortlessly. And you're just watching your mind and your physiology do whatever it does. And I think in doing that, it's allowed me to view, I, I like walk through life. I'm like, okay, what if I was meditating right now? And this is what was occurring. So like, that's kind of, you know, when, when the thing happened with the car, I'm like, if I saw a car being hit while I was meditating, what would, how would I respond? What would happen if my, if a thought about my kids being in danger and this and that came up in meditation, like how would I react? And the the answer always is I wouldn't react. I just through the years, just train myself as I'm meditating, not react, just be witness. And, yeah. and I think it's very, um, I hope you guys, if, if this is not clear, just please, please let me know. Like, do you guys understand the difference between positive thinking like, oh, it, it is what it is and actually allowing things to be how they are, <laughs> you know, not, not just saying it, just like actually allowing things to be how they are. And I just want to make sure that that's really, really clear. When you let that stuff go, here's the thing, like guy got an opportunity in the physical world to see his internal manifest, which is why he's actually grateful for what's happened. Now, if he told you the story, which is how 99.9% of the planet is going to tell you the story. He's like, can't fucking believe it. I lost my fucking laptop. My phone broke. My life is fucked. Like all of it, right? FML, FML, FML. And every single one of us or most of us would would be like, yeah, man, that really sucks. Like, and justified, and justified, right? Mm-hmm. Not like he's delusional or he's gone off the cuckoo train. Just that stuff happens. I actually and, have gone off the cuckoo train. Yeah, <laughs> and instead to have this vision of okay, I've asked for this in my existence at this exact moment in my life. I've asked for this experience. What is this here to show me? Mm. And how different and quickly you go from a state of victim to master who's going, "Hmm, okay, I'm now grateful for this instant mind shift, all the clutter, all the, all the negative energy, all the blah, 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 that's been happening, gone, literally in an instant. Now you get clarity and you can start inquiring. And 
I just want to let you guys know that all the stuff that we're saying is not true. This is not mm. like truth. This is how you operate. We're just ex- explaining to you from our personal experience of what we physically experience. I don't need some scientist to tell me, even though there is a ton of science to back up what we're saying right now, that this is how it works. Mm-hmm. And that's the arena that I think we're in this conversation inviting you guys to at least inquire in. You know how the other thing works. Well, the great, the great part, I just want to interject yeah, yeah. real quick. The great part about um, science coming online with spirituality and, and kind of conjoining or at least corroborating the beliefs is that for the people who are logic minded, it's going to give them access to those states because they'll be quantifiably be able to see it. And I think there's a lot of people waiting for that, unfortunately. But not, not unfortunately, there's just people who operate that way and are waiting for that. Uh, and I used to be one of those people too. Like, show me, show me, instead of like, <laughs> go have the experience and it'll, it'll reveal itself as it does. So I think it's a good thing that that's happening. Like, I think stealing fire, I've had more people around me who were interested in ayahuasca and ecstatic states to ask me about ceremonies that are coming up since reading that book than ever before. Because they've read the book or you've read the book? They read the book and were like, I'd love to have that experience. Oh, yeah. Because for the first time, science is like, yeah, you can biologically hack yourself and go have godly experiences where before it's like we had just a few of you guys were you know, doing some kind of practice in the spiritual realm and have achieved certain ecstatic states that have allowed you to have these experiences. And suddenly we're like, now there is millions of people having it because we've hacked this shit. So here, And there's the data to back it up. Back to what we were saying, right? Check it out. The, and this generally always happens. Early adopters aren't mm-hmm. logic-brained people. Right. Early adopters are like, I'll fucking try it. Like, what's the worst that can happen? You know, I like it. I don't like it. And I get to try it first. And if that's their motivation, that's what they go with. People now, right? Like you're reading Stealing Fire. That book makes a great, great argument for that this stuff is real. It's here to stay. And the leaders of the world are using it right now. Like the billionaires of the world are using mm-hmm. it. So mm-hmm. now to the logic brain person who's like the engineer sitting somewhere, the accountant sitting somewhere, they're like, hmm. Huh. What they're if? beyond to something here with all yeah, this what if? stuff. Right? <laughs> and then they dive in. Look, I don't care how you get there. I really don't. I've said this to pretty much everyone I met. And I know that ayahuasca is not for everyone. I still believe that everyone just like experiencing mushrooms or MDMA, like you're in a physical plane. Your life is the span of a fucking flick of a finger when we talk about the grand scheme of things. Like experience life. Make your own decisions or choices, whether you like something and it works for you or not. Don't listen to a million. You have no idea what you're your experience of it will be. It'll be your experience. That's like saying, you know, my uh, my cousin drank wine this one time and got so drunk, so I don't drink wine because wine makes you drunk. There was this uh, I, 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 awesome movie, by the way. If someone wants a movie that's like so like a book, it's called uh, Five, the number five, two, seven. So like five, T-O-7, also on Netflix. Very cute. Like one of these... 
it's written like a French book. It's just like delicious. Mm -hmm. uh, and at the end, he says this amazing line and he says something like, just, I'm going to butcher it a little bit, but I'll give you the con like the, the concept just because one memory was painful doesn't make everything that happened painful. Mm -hmm. So like, you know, you have these amazing experiences, right? Like the experience could be a relationship that lasted three years and it was just blissful and it ended with this one tragedy. And what do we do? We write off the whole three years. Like it was a tragedy. Was it? Or did you have amazing moments throughout those three years that sadly ended with this one moment? Not sadly. Yeah, sadly. Perfect. A, a perfect moment. What, no, not sadly. Whatever, not, yeah. whatever, whatever you made it mean at that moment is, is the interpretation. That's what you got left with. I, I know plenty of people who've been through sexual abuse and have used it as a springboard for some of the most beautiful exactly. things in their life. And it's like, you know, it's, it's what you make of it. Yeah. So um, it's a book, Karen. It's called, uh, oh, the book is called Stealing Fire. By awesome. Stephen Cutler. Stephen Cutler. We're actually going to have him on our podcast and interview him, which I think will be sweet. We're also and, working on Jim Carrey, by the way. Say it again? We're also working on Jim Carrey. To have him on the podcast? Me and Bloodsaw are working on, on getting him on an interview, yeah. We feel like with, that might be a possibility. I want him. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. I know. He'd be like one of the top five people I'd want to like talk to. Oh my God. Yeah. You know, he's doing a book by, uh, he's doing a movie for Leary and he's like, he's out, he's out right now in the jungle or at least that's what the newspapers are saying that like he's out there doing like a ton of mushrooms yeah. as research. Here's what I want to say just to go back to what you said without getting all excited about all that, which is exciting is I think most people make most of their choices based on fear and survival. Yeah. And those two are very closely intertwined, generally speaking. If your number one concern in life is survival, you tend to not live very much. And that always confuses me a little bit because it's like the people who are having the worst life experience, the one that's joyless, the one that's disconnected, the one that's out of alignment, the one that's just like, let's go to nine to five and put food on the table, are the ones who want to extend their life the most. <laughs> yeah. Who are so afraid of leaving this physical plane their life isn't a shitter and yet they want to live the longest. And it's like, well, that doesn't seem to line up quite a bit. So I can tell you guys because of, of plant medicines and because a lot of the experiences could be like death like experiences, which by the way, I do not uh, consider negative at all, by the way. And there've been some brutally tough ones in, in the experience. Elon was even there for one of them have been the most enlightening things to me because like the more I give up that fear, the more I'm willing to live. And I always, when people ask me, they're like, are there any side effects? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> uh, you know, like I, I don't, I don't see any, I seem to be okay. Um, you know, I can last longer when I have sex. I don't like it. Does that, does that sell it? Like, I don't know what to tell you. So, you know, it's like, I'm clear now. It's interesting because I'm playing with this thing that it's like people are die, you know, when people die or commit suicide or other stuff, I'm finding myself not in a state of sadness around it. Like I honor it, but there's not sadness because I'm at this place where I truly, I mean, deeply believe the soul is doing exactly what the soul wants to do. Uh, and I think conversations with God, he talks about it too. Like people get an accent, the person who gets in the accent, the person who's creating the accent, like 
all of it is contracts. Like it's just by design. And it's like, I kind of really believe that. Not kind of, I really believe that too. So it's like, whatever is happening is always for your highest and greatest. It's not when you're judging it, making it wrong and going away for the, where that alignment is trying to take you. Um, so if that's the case, I'm like, great. You know, like uh, if those are people who watch like the, me make my Vipassana video on my road trip back, I was in such an ecstatic state of joy that I couldn't stop crying because it was like, there's so much beauty that I was like so overwhelmed by everything. And I say it in that video, I said, I just want everybody to know whether I die today, tomorrow, or 400 years from now, I died happy. And I, I really meant that and continue to mean that. I'm so aware that whenever I pass, like my soul's just opting the fuck out. <laughs> like, the ride's over, you know, and it's going to do what it's going to do. So it's like, don't be sad for me, honor me, you know, be joyful. And I'm not dying. <laughs> I'm just choosing a different physical body. If I choose that experience, once I go there, I really believe in the longevity of the soul. Yeah. So it's like, if that was the context for everything, what choices would you make in life? knowing that that eternal day is coming this way or that way. And it's not going to be because of this fucking experience or that fucking experience. And if it is because of this fucking experience, this is the experience your soul chose to go out on. So I don't care how much medicine you pump into my body or how scary this is or how scary that is. It's like, I'm here to fucking live, man. And elevate and help ascension and whatever that looks like for me and for everybody else around me, I'm, I'm going to be doing that. And I'm going to be that, you know? So it's like not having that concern of like having to like, hold on to all of it and all the worry. And in fact, like I believe I have longevity because I'm not doing that. Yeah. And my, at least my physical body does. Yeah. Because I'm not creating stress and worry about my survival all every minute of every day. I know I have less cortisol in my body. I can feel it because I can feel when it's being pumped in now, yeah. you know, and all of that stuff. So yeah. Just to point Karen that out. Richardson just wrote a great line. She said, maybe the ride just begins when you die. It's not that it begins. It's not that it begins or ends. It's that there's just one ride. Yeah. And this ride has different bodies and different avatars and different locations and different places in the universe. And we're an eternal being. We're in a timeless universe, guys. All that is, all that was, and all that will be has already happened. When we sit in survival, we sit in the illusion of control. And when we sit in control, we take everything that's really joyful and beautiful about the discovery of this experience out because we get obsessed with that I need to know. And that obsession comes from probability. If I know that I know the probable outcome, and if I know the probable outcome, I feel safe. Yeah. Well, it's not them, it's their brain. And yeah, your brain, right? That's how it, it's designed to do that. Because the design of the brain is to make the body survive as long as possible. However, the brain lives in an infinitesimal segment of your time. And your soul lives in the eternal. I'll trust the soul. <laughs> it's, and it's the same thing. And it's the same thing with like uh, medical doctors, you know, where people are like, Oh, they go to doctors and they get pumped full of pills. I'm like, Oh, I go to like the dentist and I, and my wisdom teeth are still in my mouth. And guys, I've never had a cavity in my life. Yeah. And you can say that that's genetics or anything else, but it's like every time that they've ever offered me to take wisdom teeth out of my mouth, I'm like, if you put your fingers in my mouth with the thought that you're going to pull them out, I'm going to bite your finger off. And maybe there will be, and maybe there will be a day where that needs to happen. But I know it's just like going to a surgeon. If you go to a surgeon, he's going to do surgery. If you go to a dentist, he's going to want to pull out your teeth. That's part of the model. So my point is, is like I will trust millions of years of evolution over a guy who went to medical school for four years. Evolution in my book, 
did a pretty good job so far. <laughs> <laughs> so like same, so like same thing with like with this. It's like you know an eternal soul or a mind that's here for a small period of time and that has limited information. You know, you guys got to choose which one's good for you. All right, so we're going to wrap up right now. If you're interested to find out how you can be in our Have It All community, all you have to do is head over to satoriprime.com backslash coaching. Um, and if you guys haven't visited our website at all, just go check out the website, satoriprime.com. You can find out how to find out about our coaching, about our podcast, um, programs that we run and do. So uh, definitely check it out. Love you guys. And if you have so any much. questions, and if you have any questions on the bottom right corner of our website, it's a little blue icon. It's like, it looks like Messenger. Just pop up, type in there, and and you know we either us or somebody from our team will respond to you personally. Awesome. All right, guys. We'll talk to you soon. Have an amazing, well, make it an amazing week. All right, guys. Love you. Bye. So that's it, my friends. That's today's episode. I just want to thank you for being part of our Have It All family, and truly, truly. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you'd like to help or give back in any way possible, the best way would be to share this or any other episode that you loved with your family, friends, or colleagues. And if you'd be so great as to just leave us a rating and a comment on either iTunes or Stitcher, whichever you use, that helps us tremendously. It only takes about two to three minutes of your time and would mean the world to us. Finally, I want to let you know that if you want to get even more exclusive content from Guy and I, just head over to satoriprime.com and make sure you join our mailing list. Now, I know what you might be thinking, God, not another mailing list, but I promise you, you'll only get an email or two from us per week and it will always have amazing videos and articles that I'm sure you're going to love, promise. So until next time, you can join our ongoing conversation at the Have It All Facebook group where you can let us know how we're doing and what we can do to improve. Love you all, and we'll see you on the next Have It All podcast. Have an amazing, amazing day, my friends. Bye.